We have really been so blessed over the course of this series, uh, this series that we're closing today, actually, Playlist. Uh, over the month of July, you know, we have been uh, blessed with all of these amazing covers of songs that you all voted on. And so we've heard Willie Nelson's Always On My Mind, and Marvin Gaye's Ain't No Mountain High Enough, and then last week, an incredible rendition of Journeys Faithfully. Uh, and then as, as you just heard today, we are concluding with the pop song Stronger by North Texas's own Kelly Clarkson. Uh, this is a, a song about a woman who has gone through this bad breakup. Look at her back in 2002, winning American Idol from Burleson, Texas. Uh, the song about, about Kelly, and she's, she's gone through a breakup. She's gone through this loss. And she's decided that she isn't going to let losing this person, she's not going to let this breakup define her or destroy her. Instead, she's going to let it make her stronger. Uh, now, uh, you know that, that main line that Kelly sings, it's also the subtitle of the song, that main lyric, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, but I want us to take a second today and ask the question, is it an accurate statement? Is Kelly right? Is that a biblical understanding of where we find strength? See, in the song, Kelly is essentially saying that we find strength from within ourselves. That our strength is produced by our painful experiences. And I don't think that that is entirely wrong. There is absolutely a level of strength and resilience that comes from our difficult experiences, the things that we go through. But I also think that this phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, is only a half-truth. It doesn't line up perfectly with the biblical witness. It's not the whole story of where we find strength. Now admittedly, our experiences are only a piece of what makes us stronger is not as catchy of a lyric, you know? Uh, and I am so sorry that I half sang that just now. Um, and I do feel a little bad calling her out like this. Uh, but to be fair, I did reach out to her on Instagram over the last several weeks. Uh, I was asking, I spammed her a little. I was asking her for a video saying hi to White's Chapel and talking about the song. And you would not believe this, she never responded. Um, uh, but she had a chance to defend herself is what I'm saying. Uh, no, I. I recognize that she is a massive pop star, and I am just some dude, some Methodist pastor. Uh, I actually tried reaching out to Willie Nelson as well. Um, also got no response. Although I'm at, I imagine at 90 years old, Willie's not really up on his Instagram game. Anyway, my point is, it is important for us to uh, separate the song from the scripture. It's important that, that we look at what the Bible actually teaches us. And so today, we're, we're going to see what the Bible, and specifically what God, because God is, is the one speaking in our text, we're going to see what God has to say about uh, where we find our strength. And we're going to be reading from the very beginning of the book of Joshua. Now, before we read, let me remind you of where we are in the story of the Israelites. Remember that, that Moses rescues Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And then for 40 years, they wander around the, the desert, the wilderness. But finally, after all that time, after decades, 
Moses brings them to the edge of the promised land. They've made it. But right as they prepare to enter, Moses dies. And the book of Joshua picks up right after Moses' death. Immediately, Joshua is appointed as Israel's new leader, as Moses' replacement. And he's got this pretty daunting first task ahead of him. Because it's finally time for Israel to make it into the Promised Land. It's, it's finally time that they all cross the Jordan River together. And yet, Joshua's just now starting. This had to be intimidating for him. He's not taking over for just anyone. He's taking over for Moses, this legend, this great man of faith, this man who who led an entire nation out of slavery. These are massive shoes to fill. He had to be overwhelmed. He had to be terrified. And I think God knew that. And so this is what God speaks to Joshua right at the beginning of the book, right as he has taken over for Moses. If you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. We're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Hear the word of our Lord. And God spoke, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, the question I want us to ask today is not what Kelly Clarkson has to say about finding strength, but what does God have to say about it? Because in our scripture, God gives Joshua and us a pretty clear picture of how we become stronger. So I want to break this down one verse at a time. So first, God says, be strong and courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. God tells Joshua to find strength in Moses, his friend, to find strength in in what he's taught him, to look back on all of the lessons that he'd learned, to find strength in, in the words of this man who was as God says, my servant. See, the first place that God tells Joshua that we find strength is in his people. Whether we're facing a breakup like Kelly Clarkson or a giant new responsibility like Joshua, one of the places that God points us in the challenging moments of life is to his people. We are called to lean on other followers of Jesus. Remember, Moses was Joshua's mentor. He had discipled him. Deuteronomy 34.9 says, Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses had laid his hands on him. Moses had, had prayed for Joshua and walked with Joshua. He taught him and encouraged and supported him. 
Which is why as he is facing this huge new challenge, God says, don't forget that. Don't forget to lean on Moses. Don't forget to lean on everything you've learned from my servant. Because in doing so, you'll find strength. And the same is true for us. We can find strength in his people. We can find strength in those around us. No matter what it is we're going through. You know, I've uh, shared about this a little before, but one of the greatest struggles of my life over the last few years was discovering that for a variety of reasons, it was going to be really difficult for my wife Hannah and I to have children. After years of wanting to have a baby, we found ourselves where I know so many others have found themselves. Uh, we were struggling with the often unnamed weight of infertility. And for years, I didn't speak about it. I kept it to myself. I wouldn't really name it, even with friends and family. And looking back now, I, I'm not sure if I was embarrassed or ashamed or afraid or what. Uh, but I want to tell you one of the main reasons why I feel more comfortable talking about it now, even to a room full of people. Um, it's because of his people. It's because there were several people from this church who shared their stories with me. My wife and I had, had people who offered to walk with us, to take us to dinner. I had people in this church who told me how they'd struggled. They told me the places that they'd turned to, the resources that, that they'd found, the lessons that they'd learned. I had folks suggest support groups like Resolve. Resolve is uh, the, the National Infertility Support Group. Uh, just a subtle plug, we've actually started a chapter here at White's Chapel in, in the last six months to a year, um, but that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but it's because of this church. It's because there were people in this church who were willing to share their story that I found strength to, to do the same. I found strength in this church. I found strength in his people. See, that's the beauty of the church. That's the beauty of a community of faith. You know, one of the great misunderstandings in the modern church is that this place is some museum where we show off how righteous we are or how well we're doing, how great things are, are going in our lives how polished everything is. But that's not what this place is. This place is a hospital for the broken. And I have said those words and I have preached that idea many times in many sermons in my life. But it took time for me to realize that it, it applied to me too. I had to learn that there is power, there is strength in leaning on his people when we feel weak. So that's the first place that God tells Joshua we find strength. We find it in his people. The second thing that makes us stronger is his promise. Remember what we just read. God says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with it, all that is written in it. God tells Joshua to find strength in his promise. And God's promise is recorded in 
Scripture. For Joshua, it would have been the Torah. God is telling Joshua to find strength in Scripture, to meditate on it day and night. And he says that because in reading Scripture, we see God's faithfulness. We see people in the Bible who've gone through the same things we have. And in that, there's peace. In that, there is strength. Like I said, uh, my wife and I struggled to get pregnant for several years, but finally, by the grace of God and thanks to some amazing doctors and nurses, we eventually did get pregnant, which also meant that we were able to pull off my favorite Halloween costume of all time. And I got... (laughs) I got to live out my other dream of pretending to be Luka Doncic. Um, Anyway, we were having a baby. And when I found out, I thought that all of my fears and struggles would be alleviated. And the the parents in the room laugh. Uh, But instead, I found myself with new challenges. Uh, Those were not the easiest nine months of my life. Early on, we we got a, a really scary test result that we had to wait weeks for really difficult weeks for, uh, only to find out that it was a clerical error, it was a mistake. Um, We had other twists and turns along the road, and on top of all of that, like many first-time parents, I was just generally freaking out. Uh, I was worried about how I would be as a father. I was worried about getting everything ready. I was worried about my house being too small. I was worried about changing diapers. And and so in my worry, I, I turned to Scripture. I actually had a pastor buddy of mine who is often the one to talk me off the ledge, and he suggested that I go reread the story of Mary and Joseph. And I thought that was kind of strange, but I figured it couldn't be a bad idea. They were pretty decent parents, so I figured maybe I could pick up a a few tips. But as I read their story, as I had done every year, every year of my life, at least once a year, Uh, But as I read that story, it it hit me like it had never hit me before. I saw these two kids on their way to Bethlehem to have this baby. And I thought, just like me, just like Joshua, they must have been terrified and overwhelmed. I'm sure Joseph was worried about being a father too. Maybe he was worried about getting everything ready. Maybe he was worried about his house or hut or whatever he lived in being too small. Maybe he was worried about changing diapers. I don't know a lot about first century babies and if they wore diapers, but you get the point. I don't know what he was worried about, but I'm sure there were plenty of things. But I read that story about two exhausted young parents just doing their best. And I found comfort in that. I found peace. I found strength in his promise. And so I kept reading. My wife Hannah and I decided uh, that we would read 1 Samuel together, that we would do a little Bible study between the two of us. And we chose 1 Samuel because it's a story that starts with a woman named Hannah who is struggling with infertility. And again, as we read, we found strength in his promise. And when I would get super stressed, which is in my nature, I would turn to the words of Jesus in Luke 12 where he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. 
Jesus goes on in, in that chapter to say, doesn't God take care of the ravens? Doesn't he take care of the lilies? How much more does he love you? Over and over, I found strength in scripture. I found strength in his promise during those nine months. Even in the delivery room, as our daughter was born, I opened the, the Bibles next to the bed to Hannah's prayer from 1 Samuel and to Luke 12, because I was 100% the stereotypical dude who turned green and almost fainted, and honestly, I just needed something to keep me upright. And I know this probably sounds kind of cheesy, but just having those Bibles open beside me gave me strength. Look, I tell you all of this because I genuinely in my heart of hearts believe that God's word was a powerful source of peace and comfort and hope and strength in those days of my life, in all days of my life. And it's not just my own experience that, that supports and attests to this idea. A few years ago, Harvard University's Human Flourishing Program conducted a, a large study on hope. They found in two surveys of over a thousand people that frequent Bible readers rated themselves 33 points more hopeful than irregular Bible readers. The study found that people are more hopeful when they read scripture more often. On a scale of one to 100 with 100 being most hopeful, Americans who reported reading their Bible three to four times per year scored a 42. People who read it monthly scored a 59. People who engaged with scripture weekly, a 66. And those who, who went to their Bibles multiple times per week, those who meditate on, meditated on it day and night, scored a 75. The point is, scripture is a scientifically proven source of strength for us. Which is why God tells Joshua, meditate on it day and night, keep it a part of your life. He knew that Joshua would need something to support him as he led the Israelites into the promised land. And he knew that scripture could and would be that for him. And you know what? It can be that for us too. We can find strength in his people and we can find strength in his promise. And lastly, we can find strength in his presence. I want us to look back at the last thing that God says to Joshua in our scripture. God says, lean on my people. Don't forget about Moses. Lean on him if you need him. And God says, lean on the Torah. Lean on the scripture. Lean on my promise. And finally, I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God says, lean on me. Lean on my presence. This is one of the most fundamental truths in the Christian faith. That God is with you wherever you go. And as basic as that may seem, it is something that we can never be reminded of enough. We had our daughter the day before Thanksgiving last year, uh, 
After years of, of struggling and praying and after a challenging nine months, Sadie was born. And so that meant that we watched last year's Christmas Eve services up here at the church online from home. And I will never forget Christmas Eve 2022. There I was with, with my wife and my four-week-old daughter, and, and we were watching the service, holding these large scented candles that smelled like brown sugar, because that's all we had around the house. And it suddenly hit me. I don't know exactly what it was. I don't remember exactly what triggered this, but, but it hit me as I was watching that, that while I was holding my baby, I was celebrating another baby. That young couple's baby, Mary and Joseph's baby, who would be named Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Again, I don't know what, what exactly brought it on, but in that moment, I had this profound realization that God had been present with me every step of the way. That he was with me just as much in the wilderness as he was there in the promised land. When we were struggling, he was there. When we were waiting, he was there. When we were preparing, he was there. In my worries and in my doubts and in my insecurities, he was there. And in that moment, as I was giving thanks to God and celebrating, God was there. He was present. See, that's what the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. It's about God wanting to be present with us. Present with us as a human being. Present with us in our sin. Present with us in the realities of our death. So present with us that he made a way to eternal life so that we could be present with him forever. God literally became one of us because he wanted to be that much closer to us. And that is unfathomably good news. And all of that hit me as I laid in bed, holding my daughter and a scented candle, watching the Christmas Eve service here at the church on my TV. Look, I apologize for talking so much about myself today. Um, you can ask some of our pastors. I was hesitant to do it. But this week, no matter how hard I tried, I could not shake the conviction that the only option I had this morning was to share my own weakness. Because I see now, more than ever, that in my weakness, he was strong. See, as catchy and fun as our song for today is, I think Kelly left out the main source of our strength, the main thing that makes us stronger. Our strength doesn't come from us. It comes from him. It comes from his people and his presence and his promise. The strength I found along my own journey wasn't because of some deep personal fortitude that I had. Although there were moments that I really wished that it was. But it wasn't from me. It was from God. It was from Him. And it came in the form of people in this church. And it came in the form of scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
And it came in the form of sweet moments when God was right there holding me, whether I knew it or not. So whatever you're going through today, I want you to know that it is okay if you feel weak. Because he is strong. His people are strong and his promise is strong and his presence is strong. He is Emmanuel. He is God with you. He will never leave you. And I know that personally because he never left me. I see now that he was present with us in our heartache. And he was present with us in our waiting and he was present with us in our celebration. So wherever you are on that journey, whether you are wandering around the wilderness or rejoicing in the promised land, whether you are struggling with a breakup like Kelly Clarkson or a new leadership position like Joshua, whether it's infertility or insecurity or self-doubt or depression or disease or whether it is something entirely different that I didn't name, whatever it is, God hereby commands you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that we are a people who sometimes fake it. We are a people who pretend to be stronger than we are. We put on a brave face. But Lord, remind us this morning that we don't have to do that. You, you don't call us to fake it or pretend. You have given us resources. You have given us gifts the gifts of one another, your people, people that we can be honest with and vulnerable with and share with. And so God, if we need to lean on those around us, if we need to lean on your servants, give us the strength to do it. God, you've given us the gift of your promise. You've given us the gift of your scripture countless stories of your people who forged forward for you. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to find time to carve out space to make scripture a part of our lives. Give us the strength to lean on it when we need it. And God, remind us that you are always with us, not just here in worship as we are gathered together singing hymns, but everywhere, always, you are present. In the moments when we feel weak, when we feel like we're in the valley, God, give us the strength to remember that. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.